Have you ever had a question and wanted to know clearly what the Bible has to say about it? Well, in this podcast, Bible Answers for Today's Christians, we will learn together what God's Word really says. Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome to another episode uh, for the Bible Answers for Today's Christians. Um, Our topic of tonight for discussion is going to be on uh, anger and how how anger can control somebody and almost ruin somebody. Um, just to give a, a short uh, illustration, just from a worldly standpoint, I, I, I think about the OU and OSU game. And oh, yeah. Amen. Uh-oh. We have mm. OU OSU people in here, and then we have some Texas people. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> man, you can just get so angry over, over a, a football game. And you can let that anger control you and destroy you, and, and it just... It can over, it can consume you in everything that you do, and you got to really step back and really think about, man, it's just, yeah, I was mad in the moment, but really it's just a game, mm-hmm. and there's there's so many, so much more that uh, we can be worrying about, and if I, if you just wouldn't let yourself get so angry in the moment over a silly football game, yeah, um, so that's that's just a worldly uh, standpoint, stand uh, view of view of. Uh, just a type of anger that you don't want to let control you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, anger, for me, is definitely a difficult part of my life, especially, you know, uh, sometimes on the in traffic. I think the Lord brought me to Oklahoma to get me out of the DFW area, which was uh, uh, terrible, you know. Um but uh, I, when I think about uh, my anger issues and, and the things that uh, the, the times where anger has uh, been a wrong thing, and, uh, and I think somebody else is going to talk about this some more later, but there, there is a, a good kind of anger. You know, the Bible says that there is righteous indignation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jesus himself was angry. And I think the, the, the line that, that I draw for, for myself on, on when anger is okay uh, and, and when it's not, or, or how that anger uh, is, is given out, uh, for me, the, the, the line is who is in control of me at the time? Mm-hmm. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 25 and, and verse 28 that he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. And I, I think yeah. I can speak for everybody, and you, you understand this. We ask the same questions to ourselves after some kind of an episode, if, if that's what we want to call it, is how did I, you know, I, I was completely out of control. I had no control. And, um, but what it really was, was that the flesh was in control of my spirit at the time. Mm. And who was supposed to be in control of my spirit? Mm. It was supposed to be the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And had I been walking in the spirit, uh, would that anger have occurred at all? Um, maybe yes. Mm -hmm. But I think the effects of that anger within the control of the Holy Spirit 
uh, would be only positive at that point rather uh, than negative. And, and, and the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 13, talking about our spirit, um, that it's foolish to follow our own spirit, our own heart, our own uh, uh, fleshly desires, and, and try to um, force things into what we want them to be. Uh, it leads to that frustration, and it leads to that uh, that that uh, fleshly show of anger. The Bible also says in Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven that God uh, can put His Spirit in us. And um, believe me, uh, I've seen it, it goes it goes from our family interactions, it goes from uh, interactions that you know, in traffic or, or out there in the world, at work, uh, at some, I can say uh, from, from my own perspective that uh, there's a difference in, in a righteous anger and a fleshly anger from behind the pulpit. Uh, I know when I've mm-hmm. preached in the flesh, yeah. and what I said might have been true, might have been Bible, but I didn't say it with the right heart, with the right control, in the right way. And we are to be angry at sin. And we are angry Amen. at the effects of sin on people's lives. And we ought to be. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, the lies of heresy that are sending people to an eternal hellfire, that ought to anger us. Uh, but I think when we are led by the Spirit and controlled by the Spirit, that that does not affect our own uh, bodies, our blood pressure, if you will, in a negative way, uh, and it doesn't affect others in a negative way. It uh, actually shows an anger with a compassion behind it to rescue and pull someone out mm-hmm. of the fire. That's right. um, it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's this anger uh, with compassion, if you will. So for me, uh, it's been very hard for me to draw a line in my life uh, between, was that anger right? You know, I was angry with my son. Was I right there? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, who was in control? Uh, was it my frustration because I've had a bad day? Or was I sincerely uh, in a compassionate fear that, hey, had you not obeyed me right then, a, a major accident could have occurred? And so uh, making sure that I'm walking in the Spirit um, helps me understand and evaluate those angers and uh, whether or not, and I, I have to admit, uh, most of the time I was like, okay, that, that was a wrong anger <laughs> and I need to figure out. But I, I understand that when I am walking in the Spirit, then the Holy Spirit has control over my spirit and that I am not vulnerable anymore to the wrong uh, kinds of anger. Yeah. Well, um, not to spoil everything for you, but everybody gets angry. Right, they do. Yep. No way. Yeah, yeah. The Bible even says, <laughs> "Glad I'm not alone." <laughs> the Bible even says, "Let him that thinketh he stand take heed, right, lest he fall." So, yeah. if you're here tonight and say you don't struggle with anger, uh, newsflash: there's anger inside of you too, and it's actually. A natural reflex. So I'd like to get a little bit into the science. As you become angry, your body's muscles tense up 
inside your brain, neurotransmitter chemicals known as catecholamines are released causing you to experience a burst of energy lasting up to several minutes. This burst of energy is behind the common angry desire to take immediate protective action. At the same time, your heart rate accelerates, your blood pressure raises, the rate of your breathing increases, your face may flush as increased blood flow enters into the limbs and extremities in preparation for physical action. Your attention narrows and becomes locked onto the target of your anger. Soon you pay attention to nothing else. In quick succession, additional brain transmitters and hormones, among them adrenaline and noradrenaline, are released which trigger a lasting state of arousal. You're now ready to fight. Although it is possible for your emotions to rage out of control, the prefrontal cortex of your brain which is located just behind your forehead, can keep your emotions in proportion. The amygdala handles emotion. The prefrontal cortex handles judgment. The left prefrontal cortex can switch off your emotions. And it serves as an executive role to keep things under control. Getting control over your anger means learning ways to help your prefrontal cortex Get the upper hand over your amygdala so that you have control over how you react to anger feelings. Among many ways to make this happen are relaxing relaxation techniques, which reduce your arousal and decrease your amygdala's activity, and the use of cognitive control techniques, which help you practice using your judgment to override your emotional reactions. If anger has a physical uh, preparation phase uh, during which our resources are mobilized for a fight, it also has a wind-down phase as well. We start to relax back towards our resting state when the target of our anger is no longer accessible or an immediate threat. It is difficult to relax from an angry state. However, the adrenaline-caused arousal that occurs during anger lasts a very long time, many hours, sometimes days, mm-hmm. and lowers our anger threshold, making it easier for us to get angry uh, again later on. Though we wow. do calm down, it takes a very long time for us to return to our resting state. During this slow cool-down period, we are most likely to get very angry in response to minor irritations that normally would not bother us. Wow. So uh, God has created uh, anger as a response to deal with certain situations. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, that can be a good thing. And defending yourself, uh, it's not necessarily that you are trying to be angry, but your senses are heightened, your blood flow increases, and you are responding in a way that God has created you to respond. But as I talked about in that article there, uh, you can let your amygdala kind of control your body and your emotions take control of you, and that's when anger goes in a wrong and sinful way. Or you can allow your prefrontal cortex to 
to be more active, which is your thought. When somebody's really angry, they're not thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't right. know if you've noticed that. They cannot reason. There was a, a lady that was a principal at a school, and she always was dealing with angry people. She says one of the first things she would do to get people to calm down is to ask questions. What is that doing? That's making you think. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some <clears throat> techniques you can use as far as getting out of an angry state. But uh, it's just it's 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 a reflexive response. Not saying that angry being angry is a good thing. We need to learn to control our anger. But there is a science behind why our body does what it does when we get angry. Right. Yeah, I think everybody has a potential to anger, like you said. I think there's two different kinds of classes that I've noticed. There, everybody has these times of anger, and then we calm down. But then there's this person who really struggles with that anger. And they, it's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets quick and hot real fast. And I think that, you know, that's the person who has to look a little deeper into their anger and to why their anger is there. Yeah. And I say that because anger is often a response of, something else like jealousy for example Saul in the scripture his anger came because he was jealous of David Mm -hmm. boom it rose fast in him he took that javelin he was ready to kill David well if Saul would have dealt with the jealousy the anger could have gone away Mm -hmm. uh, because um, that was the root cause Sometimes a person that gets angry all the time, uh, they may not realize it. It may be some relationship, maybe uh, an abusive parent, or maybe a, um, a uh, you know a, a situation in a marriage that's really bad, and the anger comes out because of that. When really the anger could be handled if they deal with the issue, right. and yep. so. Anger, anger has to ha- find that root cause of what's causing it. You know, uh, Jonah in the Bible experienced the greatest revival in all of history, but he got mad. He got angry. And um, the Lord went to him and said, Jonah, do you, are you doing well to be angry? <laughs> um, he asked him a very rhetorical question. Are you, are you doing good? Um, and Jonah's anger was from discontent. Mm-hmm. That gourd had dried up. He was sitting in the sun, and he was angry. So I can say this: if you're out there and you've you've got this, not the anger that you know somebody cuts you off on the highway and you know you get over it, but if you live with anger, if you're mm-hmm. the kind of person that's got this temper that's always there, I you know we. It's my experience that people like that really hate themselves, yeah. and they're really um, they really feel like they're worthless and bad because they just cannot control this. And I want to say, look a little deeper. Look at why it is that the anger is coming out, and deal with that. Give that to God. Allow God to work in you, and. And that anger then can 
be a controllable issue or mm-hmm. controlled a lot better uh, because you're willing to deal with the real reason why that bitterness and that anger is there. A lot of people are angry because they're just bitter. Somebody hurt them. Somebody uh, did this to them. Somebody said this to them. Yep. And so the issue is really not the anger. The issue is the bitterness. Right. And the bitterness has to be dealt with. So as a Christian, we're told to forgive, to put those things on the altar, to give them to God so we can live free of Amen. things like anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, in a little bit I've get got to know people around me, even people that have problems with anger. I think a lot of times it comes back to control, yeah. which in yep. jealousy, right. you're jealous of that person because you don't have uh, what they have or they're not giving you what you want. And a lot of times it's just about control. You lose control right. of your circumstance, your surroundings, even your physical, your mental. Yeah. So then you get angry trying to, uh, instead of a fight or flight response, it's you're using that anger to try and take back control, right. which is a, a wrong response yes. in life. Right. Because who's supposed to be in control? Mm-hmm. Right. Trust in the Lord uh-huh. with all thine heart. That's yep. We're supposed to give him control and mm-hmm. trust in him to yep. take care of us. I think that's exactly where I was trying to go because I, I think earlier on in my life uh, and, and marriage was, you know, with first starting to have kids and those kind of things and just... Uh, there was a lot of, I, I think of Moses, he's one of my favorite people in the Bible, and he got angry a few times, and it really cost him. Yeah. Um, but he was under an immense amount of pressure. And and just like you say, he had no control over these situations that he was in because the people made wrong decisions. Everybody else, you know, from a personal uh, perspective, he... he Probably felt like, hey, everybody's doing this to me, you know, at some point, and fa- felt that pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think it's a, I think there's a balance in life, uh, and that uh, I think I could have found, uh, whether that was in my service to God or my relationship with my family, uh, or even my responsibility in the military at the time with the deployments and everything else going on. Um, that there was uh, a place where I, nobody did it to me, I did it to myself. I put too much uh, on myself, and uh, the the pressures uh, made it to where I just had no control over over uh, my my time, my you know the things that I needed to do anymore, mm-hmm. and. Um, and so, like you said, I, I think wanting to take back that control um, is a is a huge emotional thing that uh, once you once you give in to that desire that uh, yeah you can you can lose it real fast. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more with all of those. What everyone's saying and. Um, to go along with what uh, Pastor was saying, he was talking about uh, Saul in the Bible and how Saul, you know, got angry and uh, threw the javelin at David. And uh, 
you know, I think about that story and I think about many times how I've gotten angry at things before and uh, gotten angry at other people or angry at stuff that's happened in my life. And, you know, when I look back on them and I think about that time I got mad about that problem, it's almost like I made something so small become so big. Mm, right. And, you know, you've never heard that saying, you know, yeah. you make a mountain out of a molehill. It's true. You know, like at a football game, you know, your team lost. Well, you know, you start cussing, you start throwing hands, you start, man, every, <laughs> not cussing, but don't do, don't do that. <laughs> okay, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's where I anger mean, will bring you. So, <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you do that and then you go home and, and uh, the next year that game doesn't even matter. You know, no one right. thinks about that game, you know, it's a, it's too, It's a guy throwing a, a pigskin around in, into an end zone, okay? You know, it's not something that's uh, uh, so big to everyone else. But I was thinking about it and thinking about anger. And, you know, I was reading and I talked about Saul and Pastor even preached about this last Wednesday about Saul and uh, David and right. how they went through uh, this time. And uh, David killed Goliath and uh, all the people were chanting at David, you know, David killed his, has killed 10,000s and Saul has slain his thousands. And I think about Saul here and Saul was, uh, the king of Israel. Saul was the king, you know, there was no one above him and in Israel, you know, except God. And Saul made a mountain out of a molehill. You know, he, he looked at David and just like pastor said, was jealousy. He, he looked at a shepherd boy, you know, uh, of, who just killed Goliath, but why would you, why would you get so angry at someone who defeated your enemy? You know, who defeated mm -hmm. Israel's enemy? Why would you be so, so uh, mad about someone who, who, you know, the Philistines wanted to kill the Jews. They wanted to kill right. the Israelites. They wanted to kill them all. And this guy steps up and kills their leader and they take the victory in the battle. You know, why wouldn't as a man be happy about that? Well, it's what Pastor said was because of jealousy. It was because he wasn't mad at the fight and how it all went. He wasn't mad at that, but he was mad at one person, someone else who did something better than him. Mm -hmm. And even Saul could have stepped up to the plate. You know, Saul was a head and shoulders above everyone, the Bible says. And he could have easily went up to fight Goliath and, and take this giant down, but, you know, he, he didn't have, uh, I believe Saul just, wasn't walking with God in that time, you know, and, and David was, and David stepped up to the plate. But um, the word anger in the Webster's 1828 dictionary means vet to vex, to choke, a violent passion of the mind excited by a real or supposed injury, usually accompanied with a propensity to take vengeance. So it's almost like anger, we get angry at most of the time at other people get angry at this person because they did that to me or get angry at that person because they have this and I don't have that. And, but what we're really doing is we're making a mountain out of a molehill, something mm -hmm. that will never matter, will never amount to much. And we're just getting so worked up about it. So, you know, as us men, you know, we think about these things where we just, we get so worked up about something and it just ruins our day and we go through the motions and we do all that and it just bothers us. But we're making a mountain out of a molehill. It's really not that bad. It's really not that important. I mean, when you think about it. And I know I'm not saying, I'm not trying to belittle anyone, you know, who thinks 
who has a problem with anger, and people do struggle with that. And yeah. uh, even like Brother Brandon said, everyone struggles with it. No matter who you are, you're going to get – there's coming a day when someone's going to step in and make you mad or do something you don't want to do. Um, but Saul here made a mountain out of a molehill, something that was just little that he should not have got to his soul. And we look through the life of Saul and how ruined and wrecked his life was. And you go read about Saul and, oh, man, he just, just, his anger just lashed out. And he took that javelin and he threw it at David. And that's what anger will bring people to do. Mm-hmm. Bring people to do stuff that they never thought they right. could ever even imagine. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Saul never thought to kill David. You know, he just killed Goliath. But once people started going for him and, praising David and he was kind of left back he got jealous and he got angry and then he just grabbed that javelin and just threw it at him I could imagine you know him grabbing that javelin and just throwing at him David dodging it and getting out of there you know but it it shows how anger if we don't control our anger if we don't put that under subjection and just say no I'm Mm -hmm. not not going there I'm not going to get mad just walk away from it then it will bring up then the things that it will do to us we do not bring that subjection in the future, mm-hmm. you know, and many times in our country and other countries, everywhere around the world, people get angry and they kill someone because they're mad that, well, they did this to them or they did that to them. And I got mad at him for doing this to me. And so I just killed him. Right. You know? But when you look back on it, is it really worth taking someone's life? Yeah. You know, someone's life, those are some of the most precious things is, a person's right. life, you know, yeah, having yeah. someone's life. And now you just ruined a whole family. You ruined a whole, you ruined your life. Mm-hmm. Now you got to face prison and you get to sit in a jail right. cell for the rest of it. Anger brings people to where they don't need to be. Anger brings something out of people where they could go so far that they never thought they could go that far. Oh, I'll never do that with anger. But if you don't bring it in subjection under control, then it will bring you to a place of a horrible pit of despair. Right. And uh, I think, you know, in First Samuel chapter 18, you know, for the people listening, if you would like to read that and study out Saul, that would be a, uh, a great place to start. If you are dealing with anger, you're dealing with problems like that. And uh, but but that's what I have, you know, about anger It's just, you know, there's some things that are so little and make them so big and so out of proportion, so blown up that, you know, especially us men, right. <laughs> you know, we're the leading people of anger you know my wife she <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen her really angry you know lash <laughs> out at someone you know right but she's probably seen me on the highway before oh this guy what is he doing oh, oh that idiot you know <laughs> all that stuff and it's always us men leading it you know we gotta put that but we gotta put that under subjection because if we don't someday it's gonna take us to a place where we never thought we would ever be so yeah and and the thing about anger is what does it cause? What right. does it create? Mm-hmm. What, what does it um, place? Because everything we reap, we, we sow, we reap. So what does it right. do? Well, one of the things that I've observed is that it usually just destroys relationships. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Relationships are the big problem with anger. And I found that people who are angry do not understand they're very blind to the fact that they're ruining relationships with the anger Mm -hmm. and and they think they're justified with their anger 
and cannot understand why everybody else doesn't feel the same justification for their anger as they right, do. Yeah. And and so what it ends up doing is husbands and wives split apart. A truly angry person is going to have very few friendships. Mm. He's going to usually struggle in marriage. They're going to um, have very little uh, time with other people. People aren't going to want to spend time with them. It's because the anger has quenched relationships. Right. And, and there's a scripture about that that is very interesting in Proverbs 22. There's a command there. And that command is in, in verse 24, God says, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go. And that's a command. So look at it from the side of the angry man. God has just told people, do not hang around this guy right? because he's angry. He's furious. And for whatever cause that is, he's unwilling to deal with it. He's unwilling to allow God to have that anger. He doesn't want to put it on the altar. And so the consequence is hurt relationships, broken friendships, and and the person who's usually angry is usually very blind to why that's happening in their life. Mm-hmm. That creates frustration and only more anger. Right. And the, the only answer is they've got to give that to God, put it on the altar, and let yeah. God have it. Yep. Just like we do anything in our life, any sin in our life. Yeah, that's right. We've got to just yeah. put it on that altar, let God have it. And he'll take it, and he'll make us anew. He'll change us. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I'd like to share uh, what I call one of the funny verses of the Bible, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 9. And it's also the exact same verse as Proverbs 25, verse 24. It's better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wine house. Uh-oh. You just can't Touched get away on from a hard her. One there. What did I do? I married this woman, and she's just a brawler. <laughs> you know about that? <laughs> no, my wife is a sweetheart. I, I, but it's just, that's always just been a funny a funny verse for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, something that's interesting is our society and our culture, Even it's not even just an American culture, but worldwide, um, is what they call a negative bias. Uh, has anybody ever? I've heard the term. Yeah. So that there a negative bias by d- definition, uh, negative bias causes amplified emotional response to negative events compared to positive events of equal magnitude. So, for instance, mm-hmm. Saul looking at David, you know, he could say this man killed Goliath, saved the nation, has. Yeah slaughtered tens of thousands of people, but he didn't, which was, I'm telling monumental stuff in the nation of Israel, what David did. Instead, he took something of lesser consequence and made it into something it shouldn't have been. Mm. And that was a negative bias that Saul had in Mm -hmm. his life. And that's what we get daily, a barrage of negative why? Because that's what Satan wants us to dwell on, right. on the negative. And that's what's right. the reaction to all that negative? One, fear, mm-hmm. two, anger. Yeah. Right. Right. So Satan wants us yeah. to do that. He wants us to feel like we're out of control 
or he wants us to be controlling someone else. Yeah. Which both of which you can't if you can't control that person you get angry. If you're out of control, you feel angry. So that's where Satan wants us to be. Absolutely. Staying in that negative bias. And that's what the media, the news mm-hmm. is always feeding us. Negative after. And even on your on your phone, you have stuff come up and it's clickbait. What is all the clickbait? It's negative stuff. Yeah. Yeah, right. and, and like you said, anger is instilled in all of us. Looking at the negative is instilled in all of us, too. You know, we always look at that, oh, he did this, but we never look at the good side of it, you know. And uh, we fall short of that, you know, that's so true. We like to look at the negative and all that. Um, but you, uh, Pastor, you had talked about a, talked about righteous anger. Yeah. I mean, righteous anger. What, can you explain that? Can you uh, kind of, talk about what that is well there's actually a command in ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 and it the verse says be ye angry Mm -hmm. and sin not so in other words there is an anger that it does not evoke sin right yeah it is a anger where it's it's a righteous anger it is it is when 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 a real wrong is there, we sense that that God hates that, and we feel that also. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we respond to it in a way that's hateful to others, because right. it's righteous. It's a righteous thing. It's a righteous indignation. Uh, for example, Jesus, uh, he chased the money changers out of the temple with a whip, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that he was a loose cannon. It wasn't right. that he was out of control. It was because a an evil was done in his temple. The money changers were taken and over, making it a den of thieves, he called it. And, and that righteous indignation to God was when you were taking something that's right and good and twisting it and making it evil. Mm. And really the truth is... That is a command. So how often do we really genuinely get angry at wrong? Right. Yep. You know, we don't we, we know how to quell that. We know how to control an anger wrong because boy, you know, if it doesn't fit in society, somebody'll think I'm I'm strange, you know, if I if I hate this or that. Mm. Um and and so we we step back from having righteous anger when we should step forward in a real righteous anger because it's a command of God. Be right, ye right. angry and sin not. But then he makes a caveat also with it that he says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Right. In other words, he's saying you can't live there all the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. You've got to let it go. You've got to learn to let it go. You got, even even righteous indignation, you've got to let that go sometime and let the peace of God dwell in your heart. And I think we're too slow to have righteous indignation and too fast to have the wrong kind of anger Amen. in our life. And we should flip-flop that. Right. Yep. We should change that. Yeah, because the wrong kind of anger hurts the name of Christ. Yes. Yep. But And our testimony for him and... 
uh, you know, and then when they find out, you know, you just gave them a track and now you're running them off the road or what, you know, they, you know, we're hurting the name <laughs> right. of, of Christ. We're hurting the name of the church. We're, you know, mm-hmm. people who know we're Christians, all of a sudden we lose it at work or whatever. Um, it hurts our testimony, but when we're angry at the right things, mm-hmm. I think like, uh, like I was kind of leading off with is, is, uh, that, that we're under the control of the Holy Spirit at that mm-hmm. time and, Hey, if the Holy Spirit's angry, I want to be angry at it. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Um, uh, if my flesh is angry, well, hey, let's check the motive here, right? Right. Um, but so I think there's a there's a measuring stick there. But that's a a great point. I I appreciate you explaining it that way because you're right. I I I feel convicted even now. I I can see that line now. It's yeah, you're right. I'm I'm slow to be angry at the right things. And then blow up at all the wrong things, mm-hmm. and we blow up at all the small things, right? Yeah. That don't matter, mm-hmm. but the things that do matter, right and wrong, yep. uh, the heresy that's sending people to hell, those, those kind of things, we we're, we're quiet about. Yeah, uh, and that, that's yeah, we got to get on that. Mm. So how how can how can someone be angry and not sin? Because it's it's angry in the Bible. So can you can you expound more on that, Pastor? Anyone on the table? Well, uh, that I think is the fruit of the spirit. Um, in um, Galatians uh, chapter six, uh, the fruit of the spirit's talking about the things that come from the spirit of God, and then the things that come from the flesh. And so, there's a dividing line. Gotcha. We have to understand where that dividing line is, and we see one of the works of the flesh. Galatians 5.19, now the works of the flesh are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Mm. Hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, Mm. strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and of the such like. So if we understand this wrath comes from the flesh, this does mm-hmm. not come from God. But yet, conversely, the spiritual um, working in our life is the peace of God, love, joy, long-suffering, gentleness. How often can we be gentle when we're mad? Yeah. <laughs> the two don't go together. So we have to understand what is coming from the flesh and what is coming from the Spirit. And yield to that Spirit... And allow that flesh to to die, really, uh, to be crucified with Christ. I think that's where it is. Yeah, and in the in the Bible, I did a study, you know, about anger, and in the New Testament, um, what anger means. You know, there's there's two different meanings uh, for anger in the New Testament. In the Greek, uh, has two different words. I didn't write those words down, but. Uh, Whenever it talks about Jesus having an anger, or Jesus being angry, like when he went to the temple and overthrew the money changers' tables, and you know he got mad, you know people may look at that and say, "Oh, see, he got mad. He sinned." No, it, it wasn't a fleshly anger. No. Mm-hmm. It wasn't his flesh getting to him, and he wasn't looking at the people. He was looking at their sin, at what they were doing yes. to the temple. Right. He right. loved the people so much. Yes, he was looking at their sin, but the the 
the Greek word, one of the Greek words means a passion or excitement of the mind. Mm-hmm. And that's what that word means when Jesus was angry in that temple, was a passion or excitement of the mind. It never means that he got mad at someone. He had a passion to do what's right. Right. And he knew people were doing wrong, so he went in there and tried to tell them, hey, you're not doing this right. But he never, mm-hmm. ever lashed out at anyone. Right. He never, you know. I think one of the greatest words to describe the Savior is meekness. Yeah. Because he did contain the almighty power of God. Yeah. He was God. Mm -hmm. But he was always under control. Yeah. And, um, which is crazy. So, so it's this, the, like you said, a passionate spirit that, that we can call anger that can, uh, uh, still be under control Mm -hmm. and accomplish something good something good come from it mm-hmm. yeah. rather than something negative yeah. so i think uh an interesting premise of soul winning mm-hmm. is anger because at one point in my life satan was wrecking havoc and eventually i got angry at him and i said no not no more yeah. and in soul winning we're going out into these highways and hedges into the people where their life is destroyed because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're mad that Satan has destroyed their life. Yep. And in anger at the devil, I will show them love, the love of Jesus Christ. Right, right. Yep. It's a, it can be a great motivator. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, and people who have anger problems do need some examples. They need, they need people who have learned to control it. They need godly examples of people who can say, you can do this. You can control it. Right. God in you. But you have to crucify that flesh and allow righteous indignation to take root in a, great, in a good way in your heart. That's right. yeah. And when it does, when that flesh dies and the Spirit of God lives through that, um, and you can see that in somebody else, that that will help you to be that one who gets a victory over your anger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So a very wise man said this. He says, ten good influencing people in your life still may not offset the one negative right. influence in your life. Mm-hmm. And how many times right. of your day mm-hmm. you're doing and you got a smile on your face and it takes that one person to say get out of the way right that's true and then all of a sudden you're set off and because of their anger you become angry right so we need to make the decision to be the one that's always putting a smile be one of those 10 people that are just an encouragement instead of get out of the way say excuse me you know what I mean there's all kind of ways to deal with that Right. That verse that uh, preacher read earlier about the not making a friend with angry man, uh, you know, the very next verse says, lest thou learn his ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's this line of, you know, spending that close time with someone who is that way. Yeah. Right. Because we don't want to become that way. Uh, but at the same time, the Bible says, ye that are spiritual restore. And so there is that mm-hmm. need of someone who does have a problem to spend time with those who don't, right? So they, they can uh, grow from that. Uh, but then we must be careful 
because it'll it'll rub mm-hmm. off. I, I admire Brother Brandon. You know, uh, he's had some things go on at work, and and they were affecting him. And, and I think he realized that. And and he was bold to go to his boss and say, "Look, I I can't I can't be in this situation anymore." Mm-hmm. And uh, and God was good to him in that. And I think it 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 brought about a testimony as well that he was able to maintain uh, through that that hard time. If I can uh, make a comment on that, um, I had somebody in my life that was an affliction daily. Mm-hmm. I'd even go away on the weekends, and it still bothered me. Right. Yep. Enough to drive me to anger. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I said, "No, I just I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to get out of that situation." Yes. Amen. Because ultimately. We just give it to God and let him take control, and he will put us in a position where we can honor and glorify him. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, you know, the key to all things in our life is um, it's having Christ in us. It's having the Savior Amen. in our heart ruling and reigning. And if you're out there tonight and you don't know how to have Christ in your life, can I tell you he's willing and desires to have you in his life. God makes four simple steps that we can know to come to have Christ in our heart. And that first step is Romans 3.23. We've all sinned. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all sinners, we're all in the same boat. But we need to recognize that we're sinners and that that is what's keeping us from Christ in our heart. Christ can't dwell where sin is. Right. So we need to go to him. And, you know, the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. But the good thing about God is that he died for those sins. Amen. He paid for those sins on the cross, and we don't have to endure them anymore. But we can, in his goodness, Amen. and in his kindness, he wants us to be saved. So all we have to do is ask him, receive him, to as many, but as many as received him, to them gave you the power, which means privilege, to become the sons of God, mm-hmm. even to them that believe on his name. And so Christ wants you to invite him in your heart and in your life today. And you can do that according to Romans 10, verse 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I hope you'll do that tonight. If you've never trusted Christ, can I encourage you with all my heart and all my soul to just open your heart to Christ right now and ask him to save you and come into your heart. Titus is going to lead us in a closing prayer. And as he does, Why don't you look to God in your heart and ask him to save you too. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day that you've given to us. And uh, Lord God, we are tasked to talk about this subject on anger. And uh, Lord God, we ask and we pray that you would help everyone, Lord, today, that uh, they would overcome this problem of anger. And uh, everyone has it, Lord. We all deal with it uh, sometime or another. And Lord God, we aren't perfect people, but Lord God, we ask and we pray that you would forgive us of those sins. And uh, Lord God, if there is someone out there that's listening today, I pray, Lord God, that they, they would seek help and that they would find mm-hmm. someone who can help them and deal with their problems, Lord. And uh, Lord God, I ask and I pray that you Amen. would bless us now as we go our ways and uh, bless, bless the people, Lord God, who listen. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope this was an encouragement to you. Follow and like our podcast to stay tuned for our next episodes.